on the rip. Hello, ladies and gentlemen of the internet. My name is Gav. I'm Addy. And you are tuned into a very special edition. So special. Of the On the Rave podcast. So very special. Addy, how are you feeling? So very furry. So very furry. <laughs> so we are excited, Gav. I am excited for this this edition. We are super excited. Um, we're about to have a chat with an absolute legend in the world of music. Um, a hookup that come via the sage. Yes, thank you. Big up Sandy. Big up Sandy Dove for sorting it out. Um, but before we reveal who it actually is and crack on with the podcast, let's start the week or the podcast, the show, the way that we always start, which is with a bit of a rave as choice. And it's a controversial decision. It has this been. Week. It has. Won by proxy. By proxy. By proxy. I've conceded defeat, Gav. He's conceded defeat. So what? what? I'm finally letting Tony T have his moment in the sun. Oh, bless his little heart. What's he picked this time? He's picked an absolute stinker. It's great track. You know what? It's not my favourite version of it. Tony knows this, but it is a good version of it. Very good version of it. It's Sunbeam, Outside World. Raver's choice. Let's go. You know we aren't meant to exist in the outside world.
exists in the outside world. choice oh yes Tony T you've done well you've and done if, really if you well. want to see hear a better version of it it's a Tommy Knocker twist yeah that version's on YouTube as well or you just, just search it's a Tommy Knocker twist mashed up by the Viper with the, with that tune yeah it's, I think it's Twist Outside World it's called a Twisted like World you, you, something like that but uh, you can, I think it's a free download because it's a mashup as yeah. well so you know on Trackstorm Records <laughs> in that voice mint uh, and what we'll do is we'll just take this moment to remind everyone that you can catch us on Facebook at On The Rave mm-hmm. you can catch us on Twitter at On The Rave yep. you can catch us on YouTube youtube.com forward slash On The Rave professional not swearing yeah you can catch us on Instagram On The Rave yeah, with yeah, Addy and Gav yeah, yeah, that is yeah, Addy's yeah, absolute yeah, favourite yeah, yeah, we yeah, are yeah. powered by Podbean and fueled by Basement Snacks. <laughs> Don't forget that you can go to Basement Snacks on Ridley Place in Newcastle and scream at Don's behind the counter. On the roof! And she will give you 10% off your cakes and coffee and snacks and goods. Delicious. We need, we're due a cake, Gav. We are due a cake. We we'll need to go cake. back. We'll need yeah. to go back for some more delicious cake. Um, but anyway, Addy, guess what? Guess what? What is it? We've got another one of those guests on. Uh, really? Is yeah. it a- is it a more famous one than we normally have on? Uh, just a little bit more famous how, than the people we have how on. How much more famous? <laughs> Quite a lot. Uh, we're like, proper legendary famous? I'd, I'd go as far to say legendary as well, would you say? Well, who is that? Well, we're currently on Skype with the one and only Slip Matt. Matt, how's it going? Yeah, I'm all good. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show and to be sitting chatting with you. Absolute honour, mate. It's a little bit of a rest for me. I'll put my feet up and just have a little chat for a chance. <laughs> it's nice to know that you're feeling as informal and feet up as we are. Like, yeah. we're sat up in Newcastle the same way. So, um, Slip Matt's going to be playing this huge gig at the Sage coming up soon. And we've done an association with the Sage to get him on to have a conversation about his hardcore history, which is what we do here on the On The Rave podcast. Um, and we'll just dive straight in and start with the early influences section. So... Who played the music in the house? Who were your early musical influences? So I, I had a really early start. So it's a bit sort of weird looking at this sort of question, really. So um, I, I started playing records at 18 months old. 
So it's what? So, yeah, yeah. So it sort of made it made it was playing the music, really. Uh, we had an old this old. I mean, I'm going back to 1968, 69 sort of thing. So um, we had this old sort of box record mono record player with a lid. So I would crawl along the floor and then. You know, my mum would help me, and I'd put the records on the top, and then do it automatically. And, and I, just, I just, that's all I wanted to do as a kid. I just wanted to play records all the time, so I did. Yeah, base, base, basically. That's, yeah. That's so the what? Earliest. That's the earliest start we've come across so far. We've never had an eighteen-month-year-old. So, yeah. but, so, so, what sort of thing were you playing? What did you did you even know what you were playing? There's a lot of old shit, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I remember. I actually remember. Um, I can I can remember this clear as anything, playing records around a Freddie and the Dreamers album, actually playing sort of playing um cars around it around the tracks, <laughs> <laughs> and then I play it and it still play. It's a bit crackly, but um but now I was playing I suppose sort of fifties and sixties music really. I mean it, I, we're talking like end of the sixties. I'm not fifty one now, so <clears throat> it would have been end of the sixties. So things like um. The Beatles and um, even dare I say Elvis and stuff like that. And uh, that's fine. We don't mind a bit of Elvis. My dad played Elvis, but it was a bit later. And normally in a car on a very long journey to go to a crap holiday holiday home, <laughs> something like that. So, or like Bankface. Or like Bankface, <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Play, any, play anything like, at Bankface. Yeah. You can't get away with playing absolutely anything. At, well, we played at Bankface, so uh, anyone can get away with playing if we did. Like. No, my, my my first my first record I actually bought myself. I was four years old. It was nineteen seventy one. I bought, I bought it out of my own pocket money. I think I used to get twenty five p a week pocket money. Right. Um, and it, I think the record probably cost about twenty pence or something like that. But it was Claude Claude Rogers puppet on a is it puppet on a string? Puppet I think it was on a string. Like a puppet on a string. Yeah, amazing. That 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 is yeah. like so. I mean, it's not as bad as mine, mate. Mine was Right Side Fred. So you know you're ahead of me, and you're ahead of me in any in any. But I was, but I was four years old, so it is a, a bit of a kids kids record anyway. Uh, yeah, I was a lot older and had no excuse. No excuse, Kevin. No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. So after playing your own music, what sort of what sort of music do you remember being played around the house? Um, <clears throat> so I mean, really, my family were never that. They were always into their music, so there was always music about. My dad had a nice hi-fi system, um, and stuff. So, and which I had access to, I just sort of tended to take over everything. Sort of any any party, any family party, which we used to do every sort of you know birthday and Christmas and stuff, New Year, I would be the DJ from nice. from, from very very young. And we had a reel to reel machine as well, so I used to like oh, I used to yeah. play a track off the reel to reel. And then flick it over and then play a track off the record deck so there's no gap. And so I DJ sort of um, things sort of happening from a very, very young age. Uh, yeah. I, I played my first school party when I was 10, which was in the fourth year of the juniors. I don't know. Probably, does that make sense these days? Yeah, all the years are different, aren't they? Do, but yeah. yeah, they do them in age groups these days, don't they? Yeah. I'm still in that age bracket, it's the same as you, so uh, I'm still, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so that was like 10 years old just, just before I moved up to grammar school, so um, so yeah, I was I was always <clears throat> sort of the one in, in charge of the music, but at home, you know, I was into all that 70s pop music, like um. Uh, I can't even think now. I don't know. But lo- lots of lo- stuff. A bit of a bit of Bowie, a bit of T Rex. Were you glamour? A bit, bit of Bowie. Yep. Yeah. I remember buying um, Golden Years myself. Wonderful. Susie, Wonderful. Susie, Susie Quattro and things like that. Nothing too shit, but 
but um, just you know pop music. And then I gradually got into into soul music. So I yeah. can remember being about nine or ten in school, scratching into my desk. I love soul. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I hope that desk still and, there. And Soul Boy and things like that. So, Mint. Um, yeah, so so you know, dance music as well sort of came came very early. Yeah, as well. Yeah, uh, it sounds like it. So, of all of this early influences on you, is there any like one track which like I don't know, like sort of explains all of your early listening in one in one go? Well, so I mean, it, it is. There's a very wide range of music. I was heavily into the Beatles, and I still yeah. do listen to the Beatles. Um, but I think coming up to when I was ten was would have been '77, which was was like the disco explosion. Yeah, the sort of soul and all that. So I, it was actually the first record I bought on import, um, which was Sylvester. You make me feel. Oh. Um, nice. Which is which is an absolutely you know it's an iconic tune. Uh, oh. probably didn't even realise it was like a gay, a gay iconic tune at the time but it was just so 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 good um, and I went all the way up to um, Bond Street in London with me mate on our own 10 years old and went and bought that out of um, HMV in Bond Street £3.29 it was back in, <laughs> back in 1977 yeah Whoa, that must, that's a kind of whack in 1977 <clears throat> about three weeks pocket money that was for me <laughs> Sounds like it. Right, right. okay. Well, yeah, that's absolutely meant. Let's um let's play some soul. So for your early influences track, uh let's play Sylvester. You make me feel
And there you have it. That is a bit of Sylvester. That is You Make Me Feel from 1977. What a tune. Yeah, what an absolute belter. Disco um, fever at its best. Mental. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I could... That that probably still gets played in nightclubs today. I would have thought so. Like yeah. like all the way back, as you said, it's a, it is a bit of a gay anthem. So there'll there'll be someone in the pink triangle in town mincing to that at some point. <laughs> but definite, definite sound. Well, what we'll do is we'll um we'll toddle into section two. Um, yeah. this is the section where we talk about you finding your own feet in music. So maybe after all of the stuff that you were influenced by your parents, what did you go out and what did you go out and find? What came after the music that they? <laughs> Yeah, so so next up came um, 77, so probably 78, 79 was the start of the two-tone era. Yeah. Um, special selector, madness, um, all that sort of thing. But then I went, I, I was actually, I would cl- would have classed myself at the time as a rude boy. I went and got a skinhead haircut, two-tone, two-tone, two, two, no, two-tone trousers, yeah. um, Fred Perry and a Harrington jacket. I was never oh. the full. I was never the full skinhead, but just just the rude boy sort of sort of thing into specials and stuff. Um, the fashion, but not the mentality. Oh, certainly not the mentality. No, no, I was a nice <laughs> head. Yeah. Um, so, but from there, off, I think probably from because that was sort of scar sort of influenced. I then got into heavily into reggae. Um, I used to listen to David Rodigan every every Saturday on Capital Radio in London. Yeah, he's still about now, yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, I got into UB40 um, when their first album came out, um, which was Signing Off. I think that was either end of 79 or beginning of 1980. That's that's the mother-in-law in in just one CD. Like, spending Christmas, they'd always just get get the booze out early and before you knew it, before you'd even had your Yorkshire puddings. Yeah, uh, UB40 would be on. <laughs> He's singing and dancing like so. I've got no qualms with UB40. Like it's no such qualms. a such a brilliant, brilliant album. It's very sort of that first album was, I'd say, sort of very underground. It wasn't very really British commercial. As well. Yeah, from Birmingham. Yeah, yeah, it's very British. Like even what they're singing about and stuff like that, you can uh, yeah, relate yeah. to it. Yeah, it's all quite sort of sort of moany ranty really right? but I didn't give a shit about it at the time it was just just the music and, and do you know what it was the production as well just just really caught my caught my ears and actually it's quite mad I, I used to listen to them every day for years and years and years and then I actually managed to meet them about 10 years ago um, was, at a, at a gig Ali Campbell yeah. yeah DJ Swanee who you, who you probably know the name yeah. Um, he he was actually very very good friends with them, and I, and I said to him, I was oh look, you got to get me to one of their gigs or something. And and anyway, he got us to this big open air gig, and we went backstage and met them, and I had them pouring me champagne and this that. And they actually knew me. This was because this this must have been sort of mid two thousands, I think, or early two thousands. And and um, the bass player that's oh yeah, slip Matt, we used to come and see you at the Cube Club <laughs> <laughs> and stuff. He's like, what? You're telling me like I've been like idolising you lot for all these years, and then you turn around and say you actually come to see me, DJ. It's like mental. It is mad, isn't it? Yeah, that's about that. Yeah. So, um, so you want a track, though, don't you? Yeah. Normally we ask people if there's like one track. So, like, so it was like all that early, early star stuff. Not going to give you. I'm not going to give you a UB40 track. There's there's one track. It was from 1981, 
which which I would say was probably one of the biggest influences on my own production. Okay. Um, and it comes from you know way back when I was sort of 13, 14, um, which is Scientist, who is another person that I actually met, I've managed to meet, that was only a couple of years ago, um, from Jamaica. He's, and it's a track off an album called Scientific Dub. It's called East of Scientist Corner. And it's same thing. It's the the whole dub reggae thing is huge for me. But just this one track, the production on it is really raw. But if you can stick it in a set of headphones and just hear what he's done with the stereo fields in it and stuff, and then um, that's just that's just such a big influence for me. And if you listen to some of my tracks, like even like the SMDs and the SL2 stuff, you'll notice quite a bit of stereo sort of splitting and delays. Yeah, yeah things getting thrown from the left to the right and stuff. Which was influenced from this one track. We oh, called it in Jamaica in 1981. Right, Mint. Well, um, in case anyone's not heard of them, let's play some Scientist. Uh, this is East of Scientist Corner. In time like this...
Way and there you have it. That was Scientist East of Scientist Corner. Another dub. Yeah, from 1981 being played out there for you. So, uh, let's pause you on in section three. What's section three? I need to first rave memories. God, you've got to go way back with that then. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, really, for me, Rave started in 1988, I think. Um, house music came before. House music was 1986. Um, but Rave was 1988. And my, so my first real memory that sticks out is going to a place called Camden Palace in London, in Camden in London. Yeah. Um, and it was on, I think it was Friday night. But we used to go out there quite often. Uh, me and Liam and, and all our lot would, would bowl up there on a Friday night. Um, it just used to be absolutely packed. Um, uh, DJ, resident DJ was um, Chris Paul, who was famous for, I think it was Iso, did a track called Isotonic, did a few, uh, few yeah. did quite a few productions actually. Um, but a very well known DJ from back in the day. He's still about these days. He lives over in America now actually. Um, but yeah, Cam- Camden Palace was my first sort of actual raving experience, not DJing, but raving experience and, and it, it's still there now it's called coco now and uh, the venue but it's still um there's still some pretty good big raves going on there sort of now and again throughout the year yeah and what do you, what are your particular memories from that day um one, one memory that always sticks in, in my head he's turning around and seeing um sid owen in the queue behind us <laughs> quite funny it's, um Rick, ricky from eastenders <laughs> amazing uh, I, yeah I, i'll never forget that in 19... no, I didn't forget that either. Like, yeah, <laughs> we didn't see him going in later, but I'm sure he was. I'm sure he really enjoyed himself. Um, I've I've since seen him out. Actually, I, I've I've since um, had drinks with him in you know both in more recent years. He's a nice fella. Um, <laughs> we took me and Lime took our first tune up there in 1989. and got Chris Paul to play it, which right. was which was pretty cool. And he actually played it for us as well, which was which was nice of him. Um, and it's just just a wicked wicked venue. In general, it's, it's a bit of an iconic venue, really, for for raving in London. There was like Camden Palace, Astoria. There was a few sort of different places that, that were the big one. That was one of the bigger ones. Yeah, but there's still like the, the London's so big and has such a dense rave scene. Yeah. Like so, there's, there's always everything going on. So I'd imagine even back then there was still a load going on. Oh, tons, 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 tons. Yeah. 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 Cool. So, um, music-wise. I've picked, I've just picked a, a big track from 1988, but there's, there's so many. Yeah, do, so you many, about, do you want to talk about a few of the artists that you'd like remember seeing and then we'll go on to the track? Yeah, I mean, um, it was, 88 was early days, so there was lots of tracks coming over from um, Chicago and Detroit and stuff as well. One of my big... Um, influences as well was was todd terry really so i've actually picked royal house can you party which was um you know a huge huge track back in the day um that probably sort of captures that 1988 thing for me it's not really acid house but it's, it's sort of a cross between acid house and, and breakbeat really it's just a bit of everything that was going on at the time yeah it's just got that real todd terry sound and i absolutely loved loved that todd, todd terry sound it's sort of raw I don't know what sample he was using, but it was sort of like half quality and some of the stuff. But he just made it sound made it sound brilliant. Gritty. Gritty, yeah, that's it. Gritty. Yeah, sometimes 
sometimes you can feel that and hear it in the music it makes you like it a little bit more it's when a bit it's sweat a, in the studio it's a bit like um a bit like the slamming vinyl sound i don't know if you, that makes sense to you yeah that really that that sort of raw crusty crusty <laughs> Reminds me good. of a side yeah. trance when you say the word crusty. That's crusty's. <laughs> That's crusty's. Sorry. Right. Okay. Cool. <laughs> Sound. Well, um, for the first rave memory section, we're going to go with Royal House, and the tune is. Can you party? Check this out.
Hey, what a tune. That was Mint, that was Royal House, Can You Party, Party. back in 1988. First rave memories of DJ Slipmat, who's with us today online on the On The Rave podcast. And we're toddling straight on through these sections nice and quickly. Um, it's time to talk about... Festival Fever. Yeah, so you've probably played boatloads of festivals and been to them over the years. Um, what do you like about festivals? It's getting more and more, actually, these days. As the club scene's sort of getting smaller... Yeah, and the, and the clubs are disappearing. The festivals are just getting more and more and more. It's like I'm booked. I've got tons of bookings for the summer already. I need sort of at the end of January. It's mental. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So <clears throat> last few years have been full of some really really good festivals, and it is a slightly different um, sort of vibe as well. I say slightly different. It is a different vibe. A lot of it's during the daytime and and um, bit, bit crowds. Yeah, we like we like a bit of sunshine raving. We'll so so pianos. Yeah. There. It's always pianos in the in the sunshine as well. Like that's just yeah, that's one of the fun. essentials in the Geordie in the Geordie musical vernacular. Is yeah, like yeah. pianos in the sunshine. Pianos and bass. Yeah, it, it's weird actually. It's probably something to do with getting older as well. But but I was chatting with a mate last night and we was, were was saying it seems to have turned round and and now people seem to enjoy going out more during the day. And it's not like you've been out all night and you want to carry on for the day. It's just like no daytime raving and partying. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, we was we was chatting about Ibiza and we were saying. It's, it's sort of gone the other way in Ibiza because they're clamping down on everything during the day out there. You, you'd be lucky if you can turn your phone up on full blast, do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And get and get in trouble. Where, but then you, they're, they're still letting you carry on all night through to the morning. It's um, a bit, bit of a strange one, really. Yeah, it sounds but, like England's festival scene's on the opposite side to what's going on in Ibiza. Yeah, because we were all we wanted to do over here was, was do it all night. And then in Ibiza, years ago, was just party all day. Yes. <laughs> And go to bed of a night time and vice versa. Yeah and, yeah. and here, like these days, the festival scene is huge in the UK. Massive. Like big day like big daytime events like we were talking about before Res. I mean, Res is one of those old school ones that used to go all night yeah, and I've been there oh god, God, how many reses I actually went to, but like rocking out of there at eight o'clock in the morning. Oh yeah. Yeah, and now it's a, it's a daytime rave. Yeah, like lots of it's going to happen during the day. It finishes at a reasonable hour. Thank you fuck. Newcastle and tucked up <laughs> soon after. Thank fuck for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've got to go on an adventure. You were just telling us one end of the country to the other. Yeah, I've I've got to do, um I've got to go and catch a flight at eight o'clock in the evening. But it starts at I think it's one o'clock. So I'll do a I'll probably do a mid afternoon set, and then I've got to fly down to Southampton for the for an evening for a nighttime set. 
just the the, the busyness of the professional DJ. <laughs> yeah. For those festivals. Yeah. So when you're not actually playing at festivals, what sort of stuff do you like to go and catch? Um, do you know what? It's quite nice to see some of the bands actually. Uh, first yeah. of all, I really, really get a chance to do that sort of thing, but I quite, I've, I'm not into sort of rock music or bands or anything like that in particular. But, um, but it's nice to hear a band live. So, um, we've uh, last time was I think it's Glastonbury. We caught a bit of Coldplay and, um, and some of the reggae bands at Boomtown and, and places like that. Yeah, well, Boomtown synonymous for that sort of rave in one corner and reggae in the other. Yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I, you know, I've got I've quite a broad sort of, um, quite a broad sort of taste in in music, really, when it comes to comes to live stuff. Yeah, yeah. sweet. And is there anyone in particular you've seen recently who who stood out? Um, not no one that I can think of really. Um, last band I went to see was Prodigy. Ah, oh, how was that? How was that? Alexander Palace, yeah, that was really good, really, really good. It was actually nice that their um, their A and R man actually phoned me up and asked me if I wanted to go. <laughs> nice, which is pretty cool. I thought, oh, well, hold on a minute. Yeah, it's different than trying to blag a best gives me an offered one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah so he actually he actually said to me, he said, "Oh look, mate, he goes just in case you was gonna gonna phone me tomorrow, like last minute, like you normally do." He said, <laughs> He said, I just thought I'd give you a call now just in case you want to come down. So I was like, yep, stick on the guest list plus, plus two. Lovely. <laughs> Boom. Spot on. That sounds mint. Well, um, is there any one track that you'd like to play out for the On The Rave listeners that sort of puts you in the festival mood? So well, I think probably, I think one of, one of the biggest festival tracks has got to be um, You've Got The Love. Candy Stan, it's one of them yeah. ones. It's a bit, it's, it's not a bit overplayed, it's very overplayed. Um, but, but it, you know, it's just, it's just one that everyone loves. But I think something that's really gonna set the mood, especially at the start of a set, would be Strings of Life. I think, Derek May. Beautiful, yeah. That's an epic opener if I've ever heard yes. one. Like, it sounds, you know, it sounds like Sunshine and Cider. Is yeah. what it sounds like to me. <laughs> yes, it does. Um, so uh, it's it's, just, it's it's one of them ones you start the set with because you know you haven't got a follow on from anyone or anything. It's just instrumental at the beginning. It's just you know no drums or whatever. So um, it's just the perfect starter to a, to yeah, a festival. Yeah, as set. soon as you drop that, everyone knows what it is straight away. Everyone's yeah. up. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Well, um, uh, let's give it a whirl then. So this is Strings of Life by Derek May.
and there we go. That was Derek May. That was oh, Strings of Life. Uh, and that was being Absolutely played out. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful music. It is. It's a lovely piece of music. It's a set opener, according to Mr. Slipmat, who we're on the line to. Yeah. Uh, and thank you for taking some time to speak to us on the On The Way of Crew. Um, so, uh, section five is the shared discovery section, where we normally ask you what's happening anytime soon. Um, obviously, we know you're going to be coming to Newcastle soon. I am. Gate, well, Gateshead, Newcastle, Gate, it's next door to each other, isn't it? It's, yeah, you know, just it's, it's just over the river, you know, we'll, yeah. we'll allow it. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. they share our postcode, you know, it's still only one. <laughs> You'll let them off. Um, <clears throat> yeah, yes, uh, yes, um, does it Sandy off like Sandy's a Don legend. Yeah. Oh, uh, I know he is, yeah. Yeah, he's a great lad. Um, yeah, no, we, we can't wait to come up and it's it's nice to be playing something different as well. We're doing like a, a 9 to 11 set, which is going to incorporate an SL2. Um, sort of show as well in the middle and um, I'm going to do like a bit of a through the years sort of journey so something gonna... like what we do on this podcast yes a bit more ready sort of nicking your ideas a bit really but... oh it's alright well, surely it's just not sticking yours if anything <laughs> I, no, probably won't, just... I probably won't go back to 1971 and I'm definitely not playing Cody Rogers <laughs> <laughs> um or the Beatles, but but no, so uh, we're, we're gonna sort of, I'm sort of planning it to go from maybe sort of 1986 with the start of house sort of thing and not dwell on that for too long, but just but go through the years and and take it to SL2, which will be sort of 91 92, yeah, and to follow on from that to finish off the set to just go sort of go a bit go a bit mental, uh, play a few. Few um, right. sort of slight yeah. new rave tracks and, and whatever you know. Get in. Yeah. We're both booked up. Uh, we've got tickets to come down there. Anyone who wants to come down there still can. The podcast coming out on Friday, so if you're listening today, get your tickets because it's tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. you've got like you've got such a short amount of time, which is going to be it's going to be one of those great gigs. We went to the similar one that oh, they did for Alternate and Mark Archer. Yeah. Uh, what a show that was. So. I saw, I saw a bit of video from that. It looked amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. such a brilliant venue as well. Yeah, Dan, the guy who did the camera work for that, did such a good job. Like, I don't yeah. know, I don't know if he's going to be there to uh, to try and catch you, but um, let's hope so. Yeah, let's hope so. So the memories can be caught, like the memories of his work. Yeah. Um, so when it comes to shared discoveries, I imagine you've probably heard a lot of music over the years. Is there <laughs> many people out there that you think don't get the love? It's a real tricky one, you know. Um, yeah, it really is. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think most people get the love if they stick with it. That's one of my things, actually. It's like, you know, you don't get, um, there's no such thing as an overnight success. To be an overnight success, you've got to have been in the game at least 10 years, really, sort of these days, I think. Um, so there's there's tons of tons of people that um, I've found that have done good, you know, good tracks and stuff. Um there's one that one that sort of sticks out, and he's not he's not really made it huge or anything like that. But he just he just caught my ear. I I, I started a, um, a label called Rave Breaks back in 2005. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this fella just sent a truck into me. It was called Angel Delight, and he went by the name Junkie Monkeys. He had a few different aliases. Paddy K as well um, was one. But like I said, he, he's never really made it big, but he just stuck out. I just found him really really talented, and I still play. Um, a fair few of his tunes on me World of Rave shows and, and bits and pieces as well. It's just, I suppose he sort of gelled with my with my taste. Yeah. As well as well a bit, I think. Um, 
it's, it's, I mean, it's been over, I'll give it an earful because and I'd never heard it before, but there's something really familiar about that sound, like the the piano and just the rave all the way through. It just it's just a nice, well-rounded track. Like, it, yeah, I mean, he he sampled Paul Van Dyke and and um and some well-known vocals and stuff, but it's just put together. Well, he just got the knack for doing it, and he's done it with with quite a few other bits. I mean, you know, I've I've always been a bit of sample sample yeah. thief as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why it gelled. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, there, and there's there's lots of people I've worked with, worked with over the years. People like Al Storm actually, he's a bit of a hardcore DJ, but um, we've done quite a bit of stuff together, and <clears throat> he's done quite well. He, he he could get a bit more love, I think, these days. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people from the hardcore scene could do with a bit of love these days. It's like it's rampant across Europe, but it's not huge in Newcastle hardcore. No, no, it's died a little bit. But it used to be, didn't it? Oh, it used to be massive, absolutely massive. Bass generator and is it guy guy bass generator and all them lot? Yeah, guy's a good guy. Guy's a good guy. He's a good guy. That's that's inventive, Gav. Yeah, I've known guy for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a few. Um, there's lots and lots of people there that, that should do, but there's so many to choose from. Yeah. So many, you know, so many one-off tunes out there that you think, what the fuck ever happened to, to them? Do you know what I mean? But I don't know them, so. Yeah, uh, that's, they don't really get the publicity in the rave in the rave scene as much as the would sort of in the pop scene. People like yeah. Chesney Hawks, who was there for one track and it's gone. I mean, you uh, get the, you get the one-offs, that. like... <laughs> Like what? What? SFA flowers? Yeah. Like where did they go after that tune? Yeah. That was huge. It was everywhere. It was yeah. like what was the other one? Baby cakes. That was oh, huge, yeah. and then it was just yeah. gone. Just you don't really get that many ravey ones like that that you yeah. that you remember, I suppose. So, um, yeah. what we'll do is we'll either jog people's memories or get people to know this guy. So the tune we're going to play now yeah. is by a guy called Junky Monkey. It's called Angel Delight. Uh, so. Um, Let's enjoy it as much as you'd have enjoyed a big glass full of pink angel delight as a band. So uh, get your spoons out and here's a bit of Funky Monkey. Thank you. 
And there you have it. Woo! That was Junkie Monkey. That was a bit of piano for you uh, from 2005 on Slipmat's label, as you said. Oh, well, one of them. Um, cool. So we'll toddle straight into section six of the podcast. Um, and this is the part where I ask Addy to set the scene. So, Matt, you're at the Palace in London, just a yeah. nip back. You're bumping your way through the crowd, trying not to let any ravers spill your water. <laughs> and water? the DJ just drops an absolute stinking tune. Are your hands in the air or are you screw facing down? It'll be hands in the air, I think. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. I, I, like, we've, we've done this with a lot of people. I still have, like, I did my bar tally chart of it. So, <laughs> hand, uh, arms in the air moments are winning at the minute. I think um, good. arms in the air is one up, isn't it? I think it's one up at the minute. Um, so, yeah, well, apart from the emotional screw face. There was it, one it, in a category of it. My yeah. tech was brought out the emotional screw face of it. Yeah. Right. So, <laughs> it's that goosebumps moment, isn't it? That arms in the air. Waving, what sort of thing gets those arms? Well, gets those armpits on display. <laughs> so if it was night, the same again. That you know, thirty years of DJing, there's tons and tons of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't mind the screw face moment as well if it's a bit of drum or bass or something. But, but now nah, I'm, I'm much more of a hands in the air DJ. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if it was 1992, and this one always sticks out because it for 1992 for me it was just a tune that worked absolutely everywhere so it, it was always that one that you had sitting there you know if you weren't going to set weren't going so well or if the crowd were a bit tired or whatever oh your pickup track would, it would come out yeah yeah massively yeah but it was just the biggest for me the biggest tune in 92 of its kind and that was um edge one compounded Oh yes, it's still in every one of my old school sets ever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's it's such a lush record to mix as well. It just yeah, just sits perfectly on top of almost anything. It's just wallop straight in. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, it was a really good production. It was a really good pressing as well. So it sounded nice. Uh, it was really bright and the quality was good and it was loud. It was loud, and it just it just done the trick every time. As well as being a good tune, you know, it wasn't just at all uh, yeah. i think compound's one of those tracks that could go either way in this section because you will find people that will like yeah. that break and they'll screw that face right yeah, up possibly, and you'll yeah. have other people yeah. who'll definitely be on that sort <coughs> cuddly e-vibe arms in the air sort of thing so yeah it's not yeah. it's not a big piano -y, it's not a big piano hands in the air sort of fluff pot tune um yeah. it is it's heavy as well <laughs> it's heavy it's heavy as well um so maybe, maybe I'm maybe I'm a bit on the border there. Oh, ah, that's all right. I'll say I'll say Anthony. Yeah, Even if it, even if the song itself is like on the border between it, if you, if your family one of those arms in the air members of the crew, then we're quite happy for that, aren't we? Yeah. 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 I'll tell you what, it, it was um it was the biggest influence for SMD one as well. That that was that was that was tune that influenced SMD one. Which was huge hands in the air chain as well. So yeah, yes. there's another another selection of records that are always in my old school set. <laughs> SMD one to five. Yeah, mid sound. Well, um, let's play the tune and let's find out. Everyone in the comments, we want to know whether your arms in the air or whether you're a screw face. This is Edge One compounded.
Oh my gosh, what an absolute smashing tune. Yeah, 1992 encapsulated in one. Do you know what happened in 1992, Gav? Uh, a, a young UEP, a young... I'm told by, his, by a mate that a, a copy of Edge One was going to be at Base Generator Records, and we skipped off school and went well, there at the door waiting for Guy to open up at like 10 o'clock, which ended up opening up at 11 o'clock because it's Guy. <laughs> and then I skipped home with my record, threw it and all the way. Oh, the officer will be all over you for that, like. Ah, oh, they didn't have them back then. They didn't have truant officers yeah. back then. Didn't have a lot of things back then, like trainers or... <laughs> <laughs> Sweet, well, we'll shift straight on from that lovely story about Addy's record Same collections. Um, let's dive into section seven. So, we're up to the dedication section. As a DJ, you've probably been asked to play boatloads of tunes and you've probably played boatloads, well, you have <coughs> played boatloads of tunes. But DJs don't often get to dedicate a track to someone themselves. So we are reversing that and we're giving you the opportunity to play a song for someone. So is there someone you'd like to play a tune for out there? And what tune would you like to play for them? Um, well, it's a bit, a bit of a strange one, really, dedicated tune. I don't know. It feels, feels a bit sort of old-fashioned, I suppose. But, yeah, no, I've been I've been asked for tons of tunes over the years. Yeah. And um, at times it's like a garage tune when you're playing a fucking hardcore set or something it's like are you, re- are you really that off your tits that you, that you asking me for gary's tune whatever but um now i think i'm gonna be i'm gonna be really nice and romantic here, and i'm gonna um dedicate a tune to my missus rachel oh you mate you'd be surprised how many times that has actually come up don't worry about a dedicate like we've had dedications to ladies we've had dedications yeah. to people who don't even like each other like yeah. people playing slanderous tunes so oh, really a bit of love always does good <coughs> Yeah, so um, it's, it's, got, the love. it's got to be Last Rhythm, Last Rhythm from 1990. Last Absolute. Rhythm, Last Rhythm. Absolute yeah. Oh, I missed that. And yeah, that is an absolute banging tune. It's um, just it's just got that gooey, gooey, gooeyness to it. That sort of emotional, <laughs> yeah, gooeyness, gooey yeah. emotional, gooey emotionalness. <laughs> I like I like the description of emotions as gooey. It makes it feel gooey. like slipping through your fingers. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you're yeah. like you can't control them properly. It's good. <laughs> like we like words like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, short and sweet. Dedicated to his lady. The tune we're going to play out now is "Last Rhythm" by Last Rhythm.
dedications, dedications. That, that absolute stinking anthem. Yeah, that's last rhythm, last rhythm, 1990, absolutely sorted. Loveliness as well. We don't mind a bit of love being short on this podcast, Matt. B- bit gooiness. A bit gooiness. Yeah. Yeah. Just something, something a bit, something a bit soppy for the uh, for the weepers in the crowd. <laughs> um, is is a great tune though. Is a it's an absolute belter of a tune. It yeah. yeah, it's a proper cool tune. Well, let's roll straight on to question eight. This is when we discuss your guilty pleasures in music. Now, mm. did we have a new guilty pleasure cha- <laughs> guilty pleasure champion last week, Garth? Uh, did, did we make that decision? Uh, that podcast hasn't aired yet, Addy. Oh, <laughs> but we have had some awful tunes selected. Some absolutely awful tunes. So, oh, really? what, so oh yeah, we have some, some horrendous tunes. If so, you want to look up uh, a track called "The Wolf" by who was it by? Was it House Pop- Party Anthem Eleven or House Party Eleven? House Party Eleven, a particularly awful record. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've had some stinkers. What sort of do, do you have many guilty pleasures in music, man? Uh, uh, no, I mean guilty pleasures. Not really. There's probably a few tunes that I'll tell you what I do. What I, <laughs> probably what I've listened to the most. I love that. But but to me, to me it's not um it's not that bad. But probably the shadows, actually. I love listening to the shadows. The shadows? The shadows. Remember Cliff Richard and the Shadows? But not Cliff, oh, not, Cliff Richard not, and the not, Shadows. Not, not the Cliff Richard bit though. No. <laughs> but the shadows, which produced like a, a guitar band from the sixties yeah. into the seventies. So I remember getting told off for that once for, for keep playing it too much. Um but I get, it's not really guilt. My my favourite tune, which is not really guilty pleasure, but probably unexpected for me, would be John Lennon. Imagine. Oh, beautiful record. I it. So it's not really guilty, but it's just it's just totally detached from what people know me for. Yeah, I, I think that's the difficult thing with when we when we came up for the questions of this. I thought, well, oh, guilty pleasures. Everyone will have a guilty pleasure. And nine says, times out of ten, everyone says they love all music. Yeah. And it's, it's not, difficult it's not really for them to pick one. It's just a pleasure. I, I can listen to, you know, to what's what's guilty for me is probably um, what's not good if guilty for me is probably guilty for other people. I mean, you know, stuff yeah. like Beatles and stuff. For me, that's just amazing music. But I would imagine some of the youngsters out there will probably think, yeah, it's a bit fucking, a bit near the Yeah. <laughs> My missus can't get away with the Beatles, but I absolutely love them. I've got a Beatles poster on the wall over there. Um, massive fan. So, I've yeah. got absolutely no problems. You know what? Uh, I, I, I actually bought that. I actually bought that tune in 1975 myself as well, which is pretty um, pretty cool for an eight-year-old, I think, buying a tune like that. Yeah. As you look back and think, if you, if you listen to the words in it, as you look back and think, did I really understand what it was about? <laughs> or did it just like it? But um, it, it casts really good imagery, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing tune. Yeah. yeah, it does. It makes you think. Well. Let's uh, let's do that then. Let's play some John Lennon. So on the On the Wave podcast, this is Imagine. Sky. 
pleasures go that was John that was, Lennon that was imagine and I don't mind that don't mind that at all no quite I don't happy, mind that at quite all. happy yeah spotty spotty dog um hey you never know you might actually be listening to this on YouTube and we might end up being pulled so there there we have it you never know <laughs> okay so section nine of the podcast is when we discuss with you your goat um who you think is the greatest of all time in the world of music um I'll just let you know that on this podcast someone has already selected you as their goat me? Yes. Yes. Um, we've also had someone select your tune for first rave memories, and oh. we had someone select your tune for finding their own feet. Um, so we have actually played your music in Quite the past on this. But yeah, you were honoured by one of the guys. They said that you were basically the musical goat. Wow. Man. So I'm there you it. go. Yeah, that's mad. You're, you're honoured. There you go. Spotty yeah, dog. Um, oh, sorry, so I just I just got my cable caught around in my chair, in my chair then. <laughs> the wheel of my chair. That's the first time that's ever happened. Oh, I've just been struggling there while you've been saying all that. Sorry. That's all right. I wonder what the noise was. That's <laughs> uh, all right. Mate, it's falling around on the floor. Trying to pick that Yeah, so, again, a bit of a tricky one for me. And it's a bit like that one where people say, oh, who's your favourite DJ? And it's like, yeah. uh, you know, I just don't, don't know. But... Um, if I had to pick one, one person, I think it's going to be Todd Terry. I think. Yeah, you spoke about your love for him earlier on. What yeah. is it about? What is that? What is it about Todd Terry and uh, Royal House that you love so much? He, he was a big influence for for me and Lime back in '89. We sort of based our first track, the beats in our first track, around what he did with um, a track called Weekend. Oh, I absolutely love Weekend. It's such a yeah, and the and the the um the, the drum patterns in it and everything. He was sort of it's like he had a bit of a felt like he had a, quite a bit of a, a hip hop influence into his sort of music, even though his house and we come from a sort of very much hip hop influence as well with our music. So um I just sort of gelled into his sound, but He's just, I don't know, I just, I just find it, I just really gel with, with what he does. I just love that, that early sound that he had, but he's still doing it, you know, these days. I've, I've met, him, met him a couple of times recently as well. Lovely what old. Was he like when you met him? Yeah, he's great. It's nice, nice that he knew I was as well. <laughs> she's, <laughs> always, she's always nice. This is a repeated theme with you, Matt. You go and, you go and meet people and people meet and people already love you. I oh, know. Well, I don't know about love me, but but yeah, yeah. No, it's nice that I, you know, I introduced myself. He's like, oh, right, yeah, on a maggot tip. 
SL2 and stuff. So it's like, oh, wicked. I had a, I had a brilliant one like that with um, Roger Sanchez, actually, over in Ibiza years ago. Yeah. Well, probably about, it could have been about 15 years ago. Um, and he was huge at the time of cut the tracks that he cut the big tracks that he had out. And we, I was walking round, round by Mambo with a couple of friends of mine, and he spotted me. And he's like, hey, Slipmat. I was like, oh, right, okay. So I went over and said hello. He goes, yeah, Slipmat from London. You did a Breaking Free and, and this, that, and the other. And I was like, oh, wow. He actually knew Breaking Free, which is like quite an underground sort of yeah. sort of, sort of track as well. And, it, and then Junior Sanchez was there as well, and he called him over. He's like, hey, Junior, Slipmat. <laughs> Standing thinking, really? Nice. That's amazing. That's the, the worst I get is is that the, the, I don't need ID in the shop to buy tabs anymore. <laughs> like, so, you know, to get recognised like that's pretty mind blowing. I've got arse long dreadlocks and no one recognises me. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's nice to get nice to get um, nice to get recognised sometimes. It is, self, yeah. Self, yeah, yeah. It's cool. By 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 someone who I consider more famous. It's nice. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Cool. So, like, is there any particular Todd Terry track that you'd like to play to represent your love? I mean, I mean there's there's loads. There's, he did lots of tracks under different names. There's like Orange Lemon, um, Dreams of Santa Ana. Oh, uh, I didn't realise he did Dreams of Santa Ana. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's Yeah, buddy. Um, he did um, Todd Terry Project with Bango and to the back was it to the back of Bill. Um, but I think. Probably one of the first first real good ones. But it's a bit like Can You Party actually, but Party People. Ah, uh, just is just it just does it all really for me. Yeah, it's yeah. one of those big ones again, isn't it? Like you just you've just you've picked some huge tunes, some iconic tunes. I must say, it's it's nothing too complicated about it. It's just down to earth, just proper nineteen eighty eight business. Yeah. Ooh. Well, that sounds like a really good reason to play it on the podcast. Not off. Yeah. So, uh, this is Party People. Gotta have
What a belter. Yeah, what a belter. 
Um, that was Party People. That is another one of those 1988 absolute smashers. Um, early rave tune for the GOAT selected by DJ Slipmatch Perry. Um, Party House. Party House. Party House. Um, cool. So we're going to do something a little bit different. For oh, the other- like, they actually call him, actually call it, actually call him God Terry, didn't they? Sometimes. God Terry. God Terry. <laughs> yeah. It fits, doesn't it? Not the Godfather, but God Terry. Godfather. The Godfather <laughs> of a rave. <laughs> so we've done something a little bit unconventional, and we've got a wild card here that could fit into a few different categories. So um, do you want to tell us what the tune is and where where it could have fit on your list? So the, so the tune is quite a new newish tune. It's current. I think it's still in the Beatport top ten, I think. But um, and I've, I'm sure I've seen people take the piss out of it as well. But it's one of them ones. I, I, I play quite a bit of um, tech house and stuff now as well. I like to play new music. I like to keep playing new music. So I'm, I'm on keep that. Te- I'm on that. Yeah, yeah. I'm on that tech house tip. I just love it. There's such an old school influence in it as well, which probably draws me to it. Um, but it's sent by Fisher. It's a huge tune. I think even on YouTube, it's got like nearly 10 million plays or something. But it's Fisher losing it, um, which come out towards the end of last year um and it's just something about it so it, it, it's, it could could fall into personal faves um even the even the go even the goat thing possibly because he's done quite a few really good bits guilty pleasures because there's people out there actually ripping it ripping it to bits as well <laughs> <laughs> um and just for so many reasons but it's just I actually do, um, I don't know if you know, but I've been doing quite a few of these Raver Tots um, parties yeah. as well, all, all over the country. So it's families dancing. And it's just one that really gets the whole, like all the parents dancing and the kids. It's just something about something about it. Hence, probably why, you know, why it's been so huge as well. Yeah, yeah it make, makes sense. But I just, I love it. Even though it's sort of gone really big and some might say, oh, it's a bit commercial or whatever that now. It's only because it's gone so big. It's just brilliant. Absolutely. Sometimes when music goes commercial at night, it's not. It, it's because it's good. Like, yeah, I totally. I don't totally. see why people complain about it. No. it like, some of the stuff that's out these days is just awful, and it'll fade away and it won't be remembered. Yeah. As Addy says, Addy, what's your catchphrase? Good, good music doesn't ever get shit. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're right, though. Yeah, you can get bored of it, maybe, but it, it never gets it shit. Never gets shit. It's good for a reason, yeah. 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 Sweet. Well, let's play that out before we talk about the last section of the podcast. Um, this tune is by Fisher. And it's called it. Losing It.
That was Fisher. That was losing it, and that was the wild contract selected Thank by you. Slipmat. We've got Lovely. down. We've got down to the last section of the podcast. It's been lovely talking to you, man. It has. Um, oh no, is that, that means we're, we're nearly done. We're, we're nearly, nearly done. done. Ah, yeah. oh, no. I'm, I'm sure we'll meet you for a drink on uh, on Saturday. Ah, yeah. coach, yeah. Coach, we'll yeah. be about on Saturday, so we'll try and you know we'll wave at you or something like that. Try and get your attention. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll save a couple of beers for you out the back. Oh, oh you love what a, a lovely man! Legend. What a lovely man! Oh, get in. Well, let's stroll into the last section. This is when we talk about personal anthems. anthems. Um, so, do you uh, like? I'd imagine that there's lots of songs that people associate with you. Do, do you have a big personal anthem? So, obviously, um, personal anthems. I took that as my own sort of anthem. So, the biggest one is obviously on a obviously to me is on a ragged tip. Yeah. Um, it, it that's the one that really sort of pushed me um, into the sort of uh, commercial side of things and took me around the world and onto top of the pops a couple of times and all sorts. Um, did you have Jimmy Savile? No. Oh, oh, sorry. Just, just uh, it, it fascinates me. I know he's a wrong one, but he does. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so who was doing top of the pops when you went on? No. Um, do you know what? I can't remember actually. Oh. Um, I should be able to remember that. Oh, the, the, do you know what? The reason I probably can't remember is that all I remember about... Um, in fact, we did it three times. But even even though we did it three times, I only really remember one of them. Right. And we met, and we met Kylie Minogue. And she came into our dressing room and come said hello and give us a kiss on the cheek. Whoa. Everything else was just faded into, into the darkness. Yeah. Um, Whoa. That's some claim that you've got some really good claims to fame on this uh, on this podcast. All these people and like, I wish I had busted into my dressing room and give me a kiss on the cheek. It was just so she was so nice that she, we actually we did ask the um, the person who was running around after us and that said, oh look, could we meet her? And they, and they said, oh don't worry, yeah, I'll go and get her. I'll go and, go and bring her in. She came in, said hello and everything. Uh, actually, the other the other um, claim to fame on top of the pops was it was filmed at the same studios as EastEnders. So ah. me, Lime and JJ <clears throat> went running around the set and we graffitied on the on the um garage. The <laughs> garage and we managed to get in the paper the next day for that in the mirror. There's only a tiny little section, but it says SL2 graffiti East Enders set. That's brilliant. Kind of but the uh, but the other thing which was really, really good is we sat and had lunch with Doc Cotton and Pete Bill. Oh, oh shut the fuck up. That's the whole the oh. whole lunch the whole lunch we sat and had dinner, uh, lunch with Doc Cotton and Pete Bill and we sat there chatting about everything and they were absolutely blinding. They were wicked. That sounds brilliant. That and sounds the, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. You know, here at the On The Road podcast, we've got a bit of an affiliate. Well, just in Newcastle as Ravers, we've got a bit of an affiliation with Pat Butcher. Like she, 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 We love a bit of Pat. We love a bit of Pat Butcher. Pat. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Doc Cotton's a damn close oh, second. Oh, it's a Yeah, yeah a Oh, she was she was lovely. She was absolutely lovely. In fact, Mike Reed was there as well. I think we got to say hello to Mike Reed. You, you sound Pat Butcher made me think of that. Um, yeah. And there was Hattie, and there was like the Black family that were that were introduced into EastEnders at that time as well. And we was we played pool with them for a couple of hours and stuff, and sat and chat with Hattie as well. Well, just while you were waiting to go on top of the pops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We was there. All, you was there all day. So we was there from I think sort of half ten in the morning right through to. So in the evening. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. That's, that, that, that sounds absolutely class. 
Um, I'm going to go right. on Google Top of the Pops and try and find the performances from you playing on it. Like so, um, yeah, it's there. I think um, there's a couple of my my own YouTube actually. I've got a couple yeah. on there. Yeah. We'll, we'll find them up on our website. Yeah, we'll put some links up to the uh, different performances on our page on the days coming. Well, on the next couple of days coming up yeah. for the big gig. Yeah, uh, the other the other good one is um, dance. What was it? Dance energy with Nomsky. Oh, I, I, yes. I still see Nomsky floating about now and again. I know Nomsky, but they they were really good shows as well. If you if you look on YouTube, check out the dancing. Fuck me, it's, it's amazing. Dancing in 1991, it's nothing like it is these days. These these people are really going to town and really having it. It's great. Yeah. Well, that's you gotta it. You've got to love that. You've got to love that. Like the, those big ravers from back then. I mean, they were all fueled by magic or pingers. For this personal anthem tune, uh, you've gone for an erogative. Um, that's just such a huge tune. And it's already been played twice on the podcast. So we're quite happy to announce that you've scored the hat trick. Uh, uh, there. And so, I didn't know that, really. <laughs> sound. Well, uh, Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure sitting and talking with you. Yes, thank anyone, you very much, Matt. Yeah, anyone who wants to come along and see Slip Matt play, he's playing on Saturday, Saturday. the 2nd of February. It is. Um, at the Sage Gate said you can still get tickets online at the Sage. Um, come along and, and join on another musical adventure with Slipmat, juxtaposed to this one that we've been on today. Um, so it's been absolutely meant talking to you. And to close today, um, Matt, would you like to announce the tune? So my personal anthem is SL2 on a ragged tip.
And there you have it, a super special edition of the On The Rave podcast. What, what a nice edition that was as well, Gav. Do you know what? What a lovely man. It was a genuine pleasure to sit down and yeah, talk with talk him about with tunes absolute for legend. Absolute uh, legend. Don't forget that you can catch him. Um, it's the day after the podcast comes out. So, so it's tomorrow. So it's tomorrow. So drop what you're doing. Throw your breakfast at the wall. Get yourself <laughs> to the stage and get a ticket because this is going to be like, it's going to go down in history as a night in town. Yeah. It's didn't swear, Gab. Didn't, didn't swear. No, he did. Yeah, he did, but he I did didn't. did really well. Listen, are you listening? <laughs> He's done really well. Um, and what we'll do, we'll end the way we always end. First of all, I will remind everyone that you can catch us on Facebook at On The Rave. You can catch us on Twitter at On The Rave. You can catch us on Instagram, On The Rave, mm-hmm. with Addy and Gav, youtube.com forward slash On The Rave. We are powered by Podbean. And fueled by Basement Snacks. Don't, <laughs> Don't forget you can go to Basement Snacks on Really Place in Newcastle and get 10% off all of your goods by screaming at On The Rave! <laughs> it's been a long night. It and tune won though the tune did win that's mind blowing that isn't it, it? Is. Man City wow when we started the podcast we were losing 1-0 oh, no. it wasn't we finished the podcast we'd already won that's wonderful it was a wonderful way to finish the podcast yes. after such a nice chat with Matt um, in any case we'll end the podcast the same way we always end the podcast with a bit of science from Mr UEP so I'm being an all professional non-scientific sweary man today pure science Pure scientific break caution It's got crazy pop samples. It's got crazy aimings. It's from got down under. It is from it's from a land down under. <laughs> Via Holland. It's a maladroit funky parasite rhythm on Ketacore Records. You lucky people. People. You lucky people. <laughs> get think get think of this science. <laughs> This is the On The Wave podcast. My name is Gav. I'm Addy. And we are officially... Off The Rave.
If we can get you to do just one last bit on record yep. before you yep. go, if you could say um, this is Slip Matt and you're tuned into the On the Rave podcast, that would be wonderful. This is Slip Matt and you're in tune to the On the Rave podcast. <laughs>